Welcome to the Good Monsters Podcast. I am your host, Cody Lawrence. This is the podcast where I yell at Christians and people who think they're Christians for not being Christian enough. We believe, and by we I mean I and the Bible, that people who call themselves Christians, or in other words, people who claim to follow Jesus, ought to actually do what he and the rest of his word says. So, prepare yourself for lots of offensive talk about bad Christians, if you can call them Christians, bad pastors, if you can call them pastors, and bad churches, if you can call them churches, and what we should do about it. You are listening to the Good Monsters Podcast. Welcome again to the Good Monsters Podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing how God is in control. But wait, 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 wait. I'm not about telling you things you've heard before. Right now, the internet is rife with talk about how God is in control. With all of the turmoil surrounding the election in America, civil unrest, by which I mean looming threats of continued pillaging, looting, violence, and general not-good behavior on one side of the political spectrum, along with possible confusion about why the people on their side of the spectrum are doing these things, along with the other side experiencing worry, dismay, and fear for the future while wondering why God would allow these things to be happening. It is a challenging time to be a Christian None of these things are good, but I said I'd tell you things you haven't heard before. Odds are, if you're listening, you've already heard that God is in control about a gazillion times in the past few weeks, but that alone doesn't make things much easier, does it? Do we just need to give up and let God work his business in America as we drift farther and farther from him? No. We are supposed to be doing God's work on earth. But how many Christians are actually doing that? How many Christians are actually allowing God to be in control of their own lives as they live out His will? I think less than we'd like to admit. Pews are full of Christians who aren't actually Christians. And pulpits are full of pastors who aren't actually pastors. Deacon boards full of deacons who aren't actually deacons. If churches are part of the body of Christ, why are they full of people who don't follow Christ? So, where do we turn as Christians? One would think that we would get encouragement at church, the place where many people go expecting rightfully so, encouragement. But the pastor of the church I attended this Sunday after the election, and I mean pastor in the loosest way possible here, didn't say a single word about the election but instead glossed over it as if it wasn't a potentially faith-shattering thing for the congregation. The worry was thick in the air, and it wasn't spoken to at all. I can only imagine one of two reasons. One, that the man behind the pulpit didn't have time to add a minute-long exhortation about a relevant and practical issue that concerned every single adult in the congregation that day. Or two, that he was afraid of saying something that he believed was true, but too one-sided that it may offend some people in the congregation and perhaps make them think about leaving. Neither of these reasons for not talking about it seem very reasonable at all, or very biblical, or very pastoral. Now, I'm not saying that the results of the election should be faith-shattering, 
Not at all, in fact. However, it could be for some, and you'd think it would be a good pastor's job to speak to that, to encourage, to set people straight in their faith and strengthen them. But this didn't only happen at the church I attended, but at the church my brother visited that week as well. So that's two for two, at least in the tiny sphere of my brother and I. I wonder how many churches ignored this. The truth is, even in spite of pastors, again, I use the term loosely, who are utter cowards, I use that term in its greatest force, God is in control. But here's the thing people are not saying. Satan is in control as well. The Bible makes it very clear that Satan has some level of authority over the earth, and he is granted that authority by God. God is the ultimate authority, and his will ultimately shall be done. But Satan has freedom to do whatever it is that he can do, and whatever exactly that is, he appears to be doing a fine job. To answer the question of where we turn, it's to God. We cannot turn to our broken government to fix the world's spiritual ills. We cannot even turn to many churches to receive encouragement or to be taught hard biblical truth. Our faith needs to be firmly and deeply rooted in Scripture. And yes, we need to be reading Scripture ourselves and not just listening to whatever tidbits the man behind the pulpit on Sunday decides to stitch together to support the point he makes up that week. So, We as Christians need to be immersing ourselves in the Word of God, teaching ourselves while seeking other good teaching, and also teaching those around us. But the problem outside still exists. What do we as Christians do? Simply reading the Bible and being content in our own salvation isn't sufficient. What sort of impact can we as the average person pew filler, or hopefully above average, since you're thinking about the things I'm talking about now, have in the world? Well, the problem isn't your pastor, although the problem can manifest itself in your pastor. The problem isn't your church or the government, but the problem infects all of those things as well. The problem is a snake. It's the kind of snake that led our great-great-grandparents to make the choice to get kicked out of paradise. It's the same kind of snake that is headed directly to the darkness and torment of hell and wants to wrap around as many things as it can, so to take them with it as it falls. So the solution is simply to kill the snakes. Kill the snakes in the garden before they can have an opportunity to deal more damage before it's too late. Now, what I mean by that is that there are snakish ideas slithering their way through churches, the minds of our brothers and sisters, our schools, our country, and we ought to crush them. We have an obligation to crush them. I don't mean that we should gently pick up the snake with a long pole and take it outside to throw it somewhere in the lawn as it spits its venom at us. I mean that we ought to quickly and mercilessly crush it. If we are about truth, then we should be willing to put an end to untruth, no matter what the environment. If we're about truth, and we find that our church is teaching unbiblical things, or if the church leaders are allowing sin and snakes into our congregation, it's our responsibility to put an end to it with whatever amount of power we have, even if it's a letter or an email and a vocal exit from the church. 
But you may object, that doesn't sound loving. But you tell me, what's the more loving thing? To watch the life being slowly and painfully squeezed out of the church as it gasps for air, only to realize too late that it's dying because we've left the door open to welcome all of the venomous serpents who are all too happy to continue their work. Or to crush their heads and risk our heels being bitten. To show the world and its false prints that serpents are not allowed in churches or in Christian homes or schools or our country. To fight against untruth as Jesus and the apostles fought against it. To love good and to hate evil. Because we serve our King, Jesus. That's the most loving thing to do. To not allow your brothers and sisters to perish. To be wrapped up by a serpent as you stand idly by watching them ignorantly and comfortably die like a frog in boiling water. But instead, to persuasively and courageously preach truth and take a stalwart stand against evil and save people. Save your church. Save your family. Save your country. so much for listening to this episode of Good Monsters. I hope it got you thinking about some things. If it did, please consider helping this podcast reach more people by liking and leaving a positive review and sharing it with a friend. You can also check out my YouTube channel and follow my Instagram where you can send me a message with what you thought about this episode and what you'd like to hear in the future. Thanks again for listening to Good Monsters. Catch you next time.